We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. It is Wednesday, September 22nd. Um, I'm here with Burt Robson of The Athletic, and we're, I don't know, are we even a couple hours removed from the breaking news of the Minnesota Timberwolves parting ways with Gerson Rosas? Um, Britt, this is obviously a, um, a major change, of course, for this organization in, in where they were going. I just judging from what I've seen, the little I've seen on Twitter thus far, it's a, it's been a major shock to to the fan base, and and maybe something that they're they're very much against. Uh, where are you at in your head when when you see this this news break today? That it's bad news. That essentially it can't be what anybody wanted to have happen right now. Uh, there's nobody who benefits from the timing of this. Uh, the only thing I can imagine happened right now, short of incompetence, which is always an option, but uh, I would say that what they're trying to do is prevent something from being worse. Uh, that's really where it's at right now because this is bad. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns tweeted, you know, WTF uh, shortly after it happened. When you have your temple star, uh, not knowing what's going to happen with the franchise uh, along with everybody else, uh, you know, not getting a courtesy call or whatever, that's a bad look. When you're getting rid of the guy who you just allowed to make further moves on your roster as recently as, you know, 10 days, two weeks ago, I think it was only 10 days. I don't know when Beverly, the Beverly trade happened, but say a couple of weeks ago, the signings of the other guys, you know, okay, right. somebody else could have done that on a caretaker basis. But the idea is that there's been chatter in the air about the Wolves still being very much involved in the Ben Simmons negotiation, trade talks, whatever. You've got a guy out there representing you um, who has put his imprint, for better or for worse, really totally on this franchise. And you just dumped them six days before training camp right um let's go back to the cap part because i think for me personally that's the the most surprising action of the day 
is is that cat if he does if he is in fact blindsided by this right. that is a bit surprising to me as because this happening is not Gershon Rosas being let go is not shocking to me would you echo that no i was shocked because um i'm shocked at the suddenness and the curtness right. and the attitude the fact that he was let go um i'm shocked that there was no rumblings warnings to people who would run for it would, would well would, let's would reverse engineer it huh the re let's reverse engineer because the reason as i understand it is that it was so now is that mark laurie has come in and has started his vetting process of the employees within the organization right and that's just that timeline kind of happens to be like his Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez is growing, growing autonomy um, has allowed them to be, be able to start looking into the organization and saying, this is we want what we want to keep. This is what we want to you know get rid of. I think for most of us, we thought that that was probably going to be things a lot more on the margins, probably things more about the stadium, more about the business operations, more about all that. But they conducted a full on you know, vetting process of everyone within the organization and obviously the high end people like Gerson Rosas. And in okay, that process, let me stop you right there. If that's true, this decision right now, without warning, is a mistake. Sure, I, I'm not. I, so, I'm no, not. But what I mean is, that. so yeah, I'm shocked that these fancy dancy new lawyers that are promising utopias, you know, totally screwed up. I am shocked at that. Okay, I, I, I would, I, in a vacuum, I would be shocked at that too. But I think we also have the point that the reference point that both of us have that this is, there has been loud rumblings of dissentment within the Gerson Rosa's front office. For me, you know, I, I heard about that more towards the beginning of the summer. Right. And, and I didn't think that that was like, I mean, it, it's not the end of a president of basketball operation just because there's some headbutting within the organization there that actually happens within a lot of teams. Right. But as the summer kind of went on, you were like, okay, maybe this is a little bit more than normal, just headbutting going on within the front office, within the organization there. And then for me, being at Summer League, you know, that's when it became apparent to me that this isn't even like a secret. Everyone there that I talked to seemed to very much know that, you know, Gerson Rosas was having some serious conflict within his front office and thus within his organization. And that's when people, I started hearing the idea that, you know, he's not going to make it to the beginning of the season. Okay. Which, now let okay. me stop you again. I know a lot of the people who cover this team, as do you. I prefer to be blissfully ignorant about this stuff because it's not why I'm here. Right. I've turned down jobs that required me to do this kind of bullshit. I won't do it. Right. So, um, but there are people fair thorough people on the beat who do do it who do mm -hmm. their due diligence and they did not feel like it rose to the level of breaking a story until the story broke itself that indicates to me that some of the people making the noise didn't want to make noise on the record mm -hmm. or that um the noise that was made, once vetted, 
wasn't as noisy as originally appearing. Uh, I think that careful, thorough beat writers um, who were doing, who were chasing this story, uh, I trust them to put something out if it warranted putting something out. Clearly, they may have not gotten all the information or the information they got versus what the information, whether it's Lori, A-Rod, Glenn Taylor, you name it, they had a different reaction to it. But I think just because you know something, Britt, doesn't mean that it is the best time or in your best in interest to go public with it at that time. I think that's what was happening. And I think that's also very much true of Mark Laurie or whoever broke this. Sure. So what I'm saying is, again... There's a lot of moving factors in here because this, this whole ownership thing is obviously in and of itself is bizarre because you have these owners who have power but do not have like the legal 51% power to actually be able to do something. You have dissension coming from within the front office, but those aren't the most powerful people in the organization. If you're a beat writer, if you're me, if you're you, whatever. The most important person is Gerson Rosas. So all these things are converging on Gerson Rosas, who is the president of Basp Operations, who might get let go. Well, what if he doesn't? You don't want to be the person being like, oh, and this and that and this and that. That's why I think we didn't hear exactly. a lot of public exactly. parts so of it. That's why I didn't share anything. That's why I didn't share anything. All right. But short of doing something illegal, why is this a good time? Why I wanna, would the Rosas from being that fired now be a good thing for this franchise? If the owners of this franchise want the franchise to flourish, why well, we don't know. We now? don't know what came out in the vetting process, Britt. That's what exactly. I'll say so what I'm saying is, um, it has to rise to a level, um, at the very least, you could do it uh, midway through preseason, before media day, media day comes and goes or whatever. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is right now, this casts the franchise in a bad light. It casts the franchise as one that can't control its own dysfunction in a right. manner this franchise clearly cannot do that they cannot right. let's well, let's go back to it the finch thing its own dysfunction yeah it, there is more than gerson rosas's alleged dysfunction at work here oh 100 you know i'm not you know i'm not disagreeing with okay. that i mean no, but, okay so my point is <laughs> that i i remain shocked i actually do think that i don't care what gets vetted here you tell the people who have been aggrieved apparently for weeks, if not months, that they mm. have to wait a few more weeks or months. Right. And then I'm, you do the thing. If it's just that, if it's just dissension within the front office, then this was, is at, at best procrastination, right? Like, then you should have just done it. You should have done it if you were going to. Or, gonna, or something more won. happened. Or something more happened, Britt. All right. All I'm saying is, the guy who was in the seat was making moves as recently as, as a couple days ago. Yeah. And I, I conducted three interviews for a story I'm doing with Wolves personnel today. The fourth <laughs> interview suddenly got canceled. 
So I don't think this is uh, I don't think this is an, an expert rollout. I think this is like whoa. All right, you know. Um, right. And, I don't. I think it's a whoa. Yeah. But I think both are true. I think things were going on, and then something has come to light in the past few days or week. That that's that's my read on the situation right uh, now. Again, we're recording seismic, this like my read the, as well is something seismic shifted. My point is, and I think that's about to come out. I'm just staying away from that right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's going to come out too, but I think it had better be, uh, oh yeah, of course they needed to do this. Um, it needs to be pretty damn clear cut that some kind of stain needed to be thrown on the canvas before we start erasing it, uh, instead of just waiting to throw the stain at another time. Because, uh, again, this is otherwise... And I don't listen. I didn't chase the story. I don't want to chase the story. I got you. All I know is that unless it's a matter for the legal, for the court system, then the Timberwolves have control over their own destiny here. And they have not controlled their destiny well here. They have injured their franchise. Everybody working for that club right now is diminished compared to where they were two hours ago. That's true. That's true. I just, I think a stain is coming. Yeah. I, I mean, I certainly hope so because yeah. otherwise, you know, I mean, otherwise this timing is terrible. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's media day on Monday, right. on Monday. This is, this is crazy. This is, this is crazy timing. This is a crazy important year for this team. Right. Um, you are to some degree in the midst of being able to make a massive trade for an all NBA player, potentially and Ben Simmons. Like this is, there's a whole lot of shit going on right now. You know, right. like it's a, it's a terrible time to, to fire president. And of as basketball you and I operations. have talked about, it's also a very pivotal season. Yes. That's what I was going to say next. Right. And you are giving guys who may want to take that pivot a much easier avenue. Right. Yeah, that's the scary part. I mean, dysfunction on top of dysfunction gives, you know, it gives Cat credence to tweet what WTF, you know? Right. It, it gives, you know, if and when the time comes that Cat is, <laughs> you know, ready if to move Kat on. Cat is unhappy like, and wants out. Who is he going can to point say, oh, you know? <laughs> Why? What, what a Why did you do guy? that? Of this team, <laughs> no, yeah, totally. I mean, that's the bummer of it, and that's why it's like I feel I feel bad for the fans, right? Like, again, this isn't an isolated incident. I mean, going back to you know Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau's final Butler, year as head right. coach, Jimmy Butler. You go on, you, you you fire him, you bring in Ryan Saunders as an interim head coach when he didn't have any head coaching experience, and that you know that's all bizarre. And to carrying Ryan over once you hire Gerson Rosas. You know, bizarre country club, whatever it did. You know, it doesn't make sense. They, 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 like then the Chris Finch eventually hired hired over him thing. Malik Beasley in the midst. Of, I mean, this is crazy. There's just so much crazy going on with this team that I wouldn't I wouldn't fault Cat at all for being, you know, frustrated. And I mean, they, they've got to recover. They fumbled the ball. They got to recover the ball here because Cat's one le leg to this. Another one of it is like 
Ant is also experiencing all this too. Right. He's only been here one year and right. he's Ryan got, you know, fired out of the blue and in his eyes, all of a sudden you have a new, like a new head coach in here. I mean, this is, this is bad. You know, and th- do this other is bad. franchises have similar problems that we just don't hear. about. I mean, there's a big story out today in NOLA.com about David Griffin and his dysfunction. Right. You know, I mean, these are things the the Lakers, I mean, famously went through their family thing. You know, they had Phil Jackson's, you know, significant other is in the middle of, you know, some kind of war with other people on the, you know, I mean. It's just so much more dangerous when you're the New Orleans Hornets or you're the Minnesota Timberwolves than if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. You can, I don't you know. Can I mean, out. I think the spotlight well, is bigger and it did cost a franchise of many years, you know, I mean. Well, what's been the rumbling around New Orleans now for like the past year? It's like, if they don't write this, like maybe Zion takes the qualifying offer and, you know, and gets out of there and he would be justified because it's a, it's a perpetually dysfunctional organization. They've made a bunch of mistakes, yada, yada, yada. Zion Williamson is the first guy to take his qualifying offer and, and leave as soon as oh, we've heard that over and over again, too. We, we've heard that over oh, and over again. When I see it. I, and I will too. I and 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 I I don't know. I do think that will eventually come. And I hope, as somebody who covers the Timberwolves and and you know wants them to do well and very much it is an enjoys ant, right? covering Ant. I God damn, it better not be Anthony Edwards, you know. And and I'm not saying I think it will be, but the way you get there, if that happens to Zion in New Orleans or anyone anywhere, it's because your organization kept fumbling the ball, not picking it up, and getting back on track. Now maybe this. Britt, maybe this was about to lead to mo- something worse. And, you know, like I think well, you said that's the, the only thing. That is the only plausible explanation mm-hmm. is that, uh, you know, I'm not going to cast aspersions on Gerson Rosas right now other than to right. say that what he did has to have been fairly dastardly to pull the shootout now. And, right. and, you know, make the trap door, have him go away or whatever. I mean, what I will say, let's let's get let's flip to a little bit of positive news. Everything mm-hmm. I know about this franchise says that Chris Finch is safe. Yes. Yes. I would confirm that. I mean, there isn't anybody in. And again, I don't report the story, but sometimes things come to me. Most people who have said things to me about this situation. You know, before this tsunami today said that chris finch is popular everywhere he's Mm -hmm. popular at the top of the organization he's popular at the bottom of the organization it's popular on this podcast (laughs) between (laughs) us right i mean yeah he is he's very much you you've said you've been saying for maybe six months now like the finch and ant right yeah the two biggest things are finch and ant and like yeah i mean that's not going to change. And I know this is going to be its whole sort of gray cloud right now. Reality of the situation is they're going to go play basketball on Tuesday. They're going to start practice. And you know what the, the, the players are going to be the same. They've, like, been, they've been practicing constantly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they really, I mean, this is yeah. much more encouraging than Brazil or whatever the hell it was. Uh, <laughs> Bahamas. Bahamas. There you go. Brazil. Yeah. It, no, no, it is. I, I think, I mean, for me, this doesn't like, this doesn't change my like optimism 
relative to like again like the Vegas Open, like thirty three and a half. Like the, I I I don't I think firing. Yeah, I had to fire, today. Like, fire right now, Russell's. I would bet the over. Right, I would easily bet the over. I mean, because the roster is the same. It still is talented, and if you believed in it, it's because you believed in Chris Finch. Uh, being able to navigate a tricky, unbalanced and roster. Let's even say that it's because, um, uh, l- let's say that Rosas, there's a lot of Rosas loyalists on the roster. Let's just say that. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. But what better way to honor Rosas than to go out and win a bunch of games and say, <laughs> hey, build a pretty good team? Right, right. Yeah. You I, know, there I, really isn't any way to get revenge on anybody or screw with anybody. I mean, the no. worry, of course, is that the, the two ten-pole stars, Cat and D'Lo, want out immediately. But we've no. talked about that being like a timeline issue anyway, that right. that may happen at the end of this season if they both underperform anyway. I, I think uh, the, the the roster is not like it is what it already was. Like you're going to go into training right. camp and, and perform as you were going to perform. I don't think that changes all that much. I don't think Cat is going to be flailing angrily or anything like that. Like I don't, I don't think that changes. What does change is you have a new president of basketball operations in place in Sasha Gupta. And is he has he been announced? Yes. Yes. He he is the interim president of basketball operations while they conduct a search, a broader search for the long-term option. Uh-huh. What I think is interesting about Sasha Gupta, and I think not many people would know this, is I feel confident in saying that Sasha is much less aggression than Gerson Rosas was yes. in terms of tactics. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think if you put the word passive in front of it, I would, yes. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, I he's, think he's a passive aggressive individual. Exactly. Well, I'm, what I'm talking in terms of... <laughs> I'm talking in terms of uh, the trade market. I mean, I think like, I think Gerson Rosas was, at, you know, as it was billed, his strategy was like, as it was Daryl Morey's, like, let's get the the star players because, you know, this is a star-driven league, this and that. Like, which is very clearly one way to win in the NBA. That is not a wrong way to go about it. Right. But we also have another like way that teams are building throughout the league. Obviously, like the, the main one people would point to is uh, is Oklahoma Denver. City, really. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, and that, that like the the slowest one, the the more the least aggressive, the passive, opportunistic would be would it be Oklahoma City. But then I think you have your Denver's, and I think you have your Memphis's that are attempting to build more linearly rather than exponentially. Right. Um, and I we don't have time to go vet through all those different things. Memphis and Denver are in different places in their progression. But I think if you follow the league, you know that those teams are going to, you know, operate a little slower. I don't think those teams would have made the D'Angelo Russell trade. Um, I, I, I think they would have been less connected to definitely re-signing Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez when that happened. I think there's... Yeah, there's just a, I mean, the, the Sam Hinky line, right, was I want to have the longest view in the room, right? And right. Sam, Sam Hinky's partner in crime, number two in Philadelphia, was, was Sasha Gupta. And and similar to how I think Sam Hinky gets mislabeled as like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I tank on the process. I'm going to go super, super slow. Right, right, like, right. I think Sam Hinky's way of evaluating it is he's going to, 
you know, he's going to play it all out, right? He's going to look at all the different sort of options and, and, you know, and if the best option is to be a little bit more aggressive, like, I don't think if Sam Hinkie took over a team today that they would start the process 2.0. Well, not I only think, that, but the, the and I don't thing, think Sasha Gupta will the, either. The people who defend the process always say this. I'm not saying anything new, but I will say they also found some pretty good, not diamonds in the rough, but gems in the rough, you know, sure. some, some things that belong on wedding rings in the rough, you know? And so, uh, <laughs> You know, Most definitely. I, I, they they found some really functional NBA players on in in some obscure corners, and Rosas all the while really accumulating assets, all yeah. the while accumulating assets. Right. Yes. And so I do think that you can be thus incremental if you are in the asset accumulation business, and I would argue that um, the huge danger of the exponential leap is overestimating your big purchases. Right. You know, totally. That's what, that's well put. I think too, like it's, what's an interesting change from Gupta to Rosa's is, I mean, Rosa's idea for roster construction, which to be fair, never got truly proved out if this was a good or bad idea. But I mean, Gerson is, of the 30 GMs in the league, I think the biggest believer in pace in the entire NBA. Hmm. I think, I think that's a fact with you see what he had Ryan Saunders and still, you see the moves he, you know, that he made to the roster in terms of personnel. You see them, the hiring of Chris Finch. I mean, Chris Finch ran the offense in new Orleans when Anthony Davis and DeMarcus cousins were right. both starting for that team. And they led the league in pace. Like yep. Gerson Rosas is pace, pace, pace. And, and that leads to a certain type of roster that we've, we've seen be put in place over this whole time that, you know, to be honest, we've, you and I have been like, I don't know if that's totally right. Like maybe they need to have a guy who's like seven foot tall on the team. Like maybe they need some more defense. Maybe they need some more strength. I don't think we know. I, I feel actually pretty confident in saying, I know that Sasha Gupta is not Gerson Rosas in that way. Not because Sasha necessarily dislikes pace or anything like that, or, or that type of style, I just think Gerson is so far on the was so far on the spectrum in that in that direction that you know Sashin is going to be a little bit more towards the the moderate side right. of it and and wouldn't wouldn't rule out you know bringing in a seven footer to play next to Cat wouldn't rule out a you know prioritizing defense a little more than prioritizing offense now I don't know which one's better we haven't we didn't get to see either of them happen me over here with my microphone I have my opinions but we don't know I'm just saying as I think about this and react to it immediately, I think that Sashin is going to pursue roster construction very differently than Gerson Rosas did. Right. And, and since theoretically, at least the, the book is closed on Gerson Rosas in terms of maneuvers. Mm -hmm. What I would say is Th that do you say I, theoretically the book's closed. Well, book's I mean, closed, I, I, I think he sold himself, really well in the beginning and convinced me that he was something different. And then he went through a trough. And also there was places where, you know, the whole idea of playing a certain way, even if you don't have any personnel to play that way, in retrospect, I'm frankly surprised that I, I let that go without, you know, thinking anything about Same, it. Same, man. And so, uh, 
But here's what I will say in terms of blanket things. Um, Gerson Rosas with Chris Finch beside him is a much better general manager than Gerson Rosas with Ryan Saunders beside him because he has a check and a balance. He had Mm -hmm. a check and a balance. And I think that, um, I think that as a result, his best move, and I don't think it's even close, is the Beverly trade. I mean, that's just a home run. And yeah. uh, that's just a great move in so many ways. And that's the kind of thing where you start to say, all right, the general manager, you know, he addressed a need on defense while addressing a need on offense while clearing dead wood from the roster. I mean, you know. It's great. Uh, so anyway, there goes my phone. So let's take a quick break. All right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Britt, let's bring it back in here. I, I want to talk, let's talk a little bit more about the moves because that Gerson Rose has made over time because I think you are right in saying that that Patrick Beverly, that trade, I mean, you and I both, A to A plus on, yep. on, on that move there. Um, there. There's other good moves along the way too. Uh, I would point to the next best move in the Rose's regime would probably be liquidating Robert Covington um, for two first round picks that, you know, became, you know, one of those two first round picks became Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez, which, which I think like the way that's at least in process or in theory, what was a, you know, was a very strong move. Obviously we all liked Covington. The defense got hurt a little bit in his absence, but like 
where Covington was at in his career and where the Timberwolves clearly were in the rebuild, like to get two first round picks for that. I think, you know, I think that was a, you know, that was a strong move. I think he also, right. He, he also cleared in time, Jeff Teague making substantial, like $18 million when he went on the next year to get a minimum. Um, he traded, you know, got off of Gorgie Jang, uh, which was also a massive overpay for what he was, you know, making on that time versus production. Gorgie Jang turned into James Johnson. James Johnson turned into Ricky Rubio. Like, I, I think if you kind of connect all the dots there, you know, th- those were some strong moves too. But obviously there's some bad ones. So there's some really bad ones. And obviously like the ones we can say are really bad. You want to take the bad ones? Go ahead. I see you. Well, no, I was going to actually uh, uh, besmirch some of your good ones. Uh, I, I, I think I agree. Even though Jeff Teague produced the infamous Alan Crabb, I still think that was a good move. Um, and I, I grudgingly agree that Rocco's departure led to a slightly better team, but I would not say it was a big, a great move. I think it was a, a, a move I, I reluctantly endorsed, kind of like I endorsed the wiggins Delo trade. Um, a lot of misgivings, but, and then also, uh, you know, that my feeling on, uh, I did you know, Gorgie for James Johnson, um, felt like rearranging furniture Johnson yeah. for Rubio, uh, felt to me like, um, uh, um, uh, as much of a PR move well, as a basketball move. Fair. I, I think what I'm more just thinking about it is like in terms of money and like no more bad money was really added on. He took a patient approach two years. I agree with that. He he was not. And and that marks him, quite frankly, as an outlier in Timberwolves personnel management. Right. Very few people, even Jared Culver, I mean, cutting your losses on a guy that was your first pick, he did have a pretty good eye for value. Um, Yeah. No, I mean, I... And, you know, the the Rubio extended a year longer of uh, the James Johnson money. So I guess I'm not totally right that no money was added on. But like, well, I mean, I got, don't think he, he got desperate. some of that back and he got Torian Prince. I mean, if you yeah. want to, you know, yeah, and a second, I, I am yeah. I am better with the Rubio deal now that, you know, the James Johnson thing is come and gone. Right. Um, and Torian Prince, for all we know, you know, will be he'll be an interesting. He's still a pretty intriguing piece. Yeah. I'm good um, with that. Uh, and, 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 and I mean, the, but the, the Malik dollars, thing, the Malik thing could have been a major money, one. You know, that's true. Right. You know, cleared, cleared money for that. The Malik thing would have been a major win had there not been the off court issues. Right. Um, and still isn't know. a bad issue. I mean, I think totally. I could shoot. So now that you poke some holes in the positives or we poke some holes in the positives. I mean, the, you know, the, the negative, well, we also, never mind. We got three more, where three more positives in Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels and Nas Reed um, right. in, in the two drafts. Um, I think those are all obviously, you know, very good moves on, you know, a sliding scale of Nas being an undrafted player, but like, right. th- those were strong moves as well to get to the negatives. You know, Jared Culver was obviously, um, you know, a, a really flop. It was a whiff. Number six. It was a whiff. Yeah. And a trade up for it too there. I mean, you're not going to bat. You're not going to bat a thousand whiff, however. Somewhat. I mean, still, you still would have liked more than out of the number six pick than, you know, eventually right. using it to trade for Patrick Beverly at 14 a year. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I mean, if, if I'm going to rip people for things they've done. I'm not uh, even trying to rip it, man. I'm just, I'm trying to. I'm no, just, I know. We're, we're just I laying know, out bullet I know, points. I know. You, you were, I mean, I, I know you want this segment to move faster than it's moving. Right? <laughs> no, I don't care. I can tell. But I mean, I, what I will say is that uh, Jared Colbert got us a piece of Patrick Beverly. And I think Patrick Beverly, even if he's injured, for 40 games, which is entirely possible, right. is going to make a difference. I'm just looking at the PR. Um, Another statement? Yeah, no, it's just the official that Gupta is in charge. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I was not aware of that. That was your inside information. Well, it's a, it's official now. Um, and yeah, I, I obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is the D'Lo Wiggins swap, which, as you said before, and you know, and I said at the time, I, I thought that move was a win. Um, People uh, underestimate like, what an anchor Wiggins was on the whole franchise. Absolutely, and I mean, I was, I was, I was bullish on it at the time that that was a, a good move. Um, I think, it just did, knowing that I have gone through this and like processed, right. reprocessed my own thoughts on it, like. I wish I would have taken more time to look at exactly what the Wolves gave up in that. Uh, a top three pick, I don't, I didn't really think about, you know, how dangerous only top three protection could be. Um, they also gave up their, you know, their second round pick in that draft as well. Right. And that was some pretty serious draft capital strapped yep. on to Wiggins, considering you're taking back D'Angelo Russell, who's definitely a better player in, in my view, but also not a positive contract. Uh, you know, at the time. So, well, I, now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's a, I still think it, I don't like hate that move because of the right. Wiggins. I don't hate the movie. Um, I think get, it, it's more of an opportunity cost question. Could have you got something else? Saying, uh, what number one pick had to be, I mean, a first rounder had to be yeah. added to that mm -hmm. to get rid of Wiggins. And, it was, but it was also came with a, a a player that you know is slightly better. Yeah, on a on a contract that is still negative but slightly better. <laughs> I mean, maybe more right. than slightly better, but yeah. So I mean, that's all of it. I I wouldn't like. I wouldn't say that that is a like bad list of you know accomplishments. Quite frankly, I think Gerson Rosas is sitting there today thinking, you know, I wasn't done. Like I had to take the two first two years to get off of all that bad money to, you know, to get off of Wiggins. I got totally unlucky with cat who had been healthy his whole career, missing a bunch of time, having personal tragedy. I mean, I think a lot of that, you know, is fair from Rosas and he really didn't get to see his, his moves play out, particularly D'Angelo Russell. Cause he thinks that is a much better move than we think it is. Yeah, absolutely. And, if D'Angelo Russell flowers and mm -hmm. becomes what all his stands think is going to happen and Rosas thinks is going to happen, then this is a pretty... Or even what I think team. is going to happen. I, you uh, know me. I mean, I'm I'm pretty bullish on D'Lo this year. Yeah, I know. It's uh, like I, not like a stand. I'm not going to hold it against you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, I, I think it's... I think Rosas, uh, you know, didn't get a finish the book. Right. right. It will be fun if D'Lo plays a little defense. And uh, mm -hmm. I do 
I've said this many times, I don't need to repeat it in, in book form, just a very abridged way. What I will say is the D-Lo we saw under Finch is a D-Lo that I can uh, get behind. I can yeah. say he can't play defense, but he's he's a very he's a guy you want with a ball in his hands, you know, and the clock winding down. He's not totally selfish enough that he can he can feed right. people, um, you know, and he's got some really intriguing attributes on offense. Right, and uh, an interesting you know thing specifically to D'Lo or now is I'm just kind of like thinking out loud with you know Patrick Beverly, um, you know there I think there was some connection there between Rosas. Right. And, and those guys, I yeah. think I think D'Lo was aware of the idea that Rosas was very bullish um, behind him, very like authentically supportive and a D'Angelo Russell believer. Um, I think I, I don't know how much that matters. I, I would think it matters some. I would imagine Patrick Beverly coming here. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he got traded. He didn't choose to sign here. So it's a little bit different. But maybe, you know, maybe. Patrick Beverly, if Gerson Rosas wasn't here, maybe he says, you know, actually I would want, I would have wanted to get bought out or something, or I would have wanted yeah, to be true. traded Although again. I will say that everybody I've talked to, I do have some interesting connections with Beverly just in terms of smart basketball people who have seen him play in different places a lot. Yeah. Um, they well, I already know he's he, going to be your favorite player. I already know that. He's just one of those guys that everybody around if he's on your team you love him and um you know and and i think that he will put a positive spin on anything to do this and also will hold people accountable you know right oh he he wowed me at the press conference yeah i mean you're right there's a lot of things about him i really like i don't like the cheap shots i think he could discipline himself a little bit more but I, I have absolutely no complaints with the fact that uh, he's barely over six feet tall and he, he nullifies shooting guards. I mean, that that's pretty cool. Dude, he's a, he's a dog, man. I mean, I just like synergy cuts it up really well where you can like, you can just watch all the defensive. Just rewatch the, the, the Phoenix yeah, right. series on yeah. Devin Booker. I know. Man. He it's, throttled Devin Booker. It's 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 defense porn i mean he's yeah. he's he's awesome it's a lot uh, of fun right i he was blocking yeah. booker from he had booker looking over his shoulder whenever he drove to the basket right it's i literally the only concern i have about it because i don't think they gave him anything and he's 33 you know right, right. yeah i uh, mean he can't play that long that hard right 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 and then i mean pj tucker thinks otherwise but you know like well, DJ Tucker doesn't move like Beverly moves. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, I mean, well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, I, I haven't even really wrapped my head around the Wolves roster. I was kind of planning on, you know, trying to get some questions answered at media day. And, I, you know, actually this afternoon I was, I was, you know, prepping like some, a pod I was going to do with Jace just about like what other questions, you know, we want to answer in training camp. Right. right? Like. What do we want to learn about the defense? What do we want to learn about the power forward position? What do we want and to learn about? Now the big question is WTF. <laughs> right, man. I mean, it's, I, I, this is, uh, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, it's, you know, I haven't been doing this that long and it's really my, my first full, full year on the beat was uh, the Tibbs Jimmy year. Right. Like, right. and you know, 
at at media day that year like i mean for real right that, yeah it's so it's just like on a personal level it's just nuts to think back on like that year and then you know the 1920 like they start out really good you know cat you know cat's playing well ryan's first year cat gets in a fight with Embiid. cat gets hurt team falls falls apart 11 game losing streak 13 game losing streak Boom, trade the entire roster. Then you get 12 games, then COVID hits. Like, what? A pandemic? I mean, and then, you know, moving into this, it's just They like, didn't get to go to the bubble. Right. I mean. Then Dino gets hurt after Cat gets hurt. After oh. Dino gets hurt, after Cat gets hurt. And it's just, yeah, I saw your tweet today. It's like, I mean, I, I'm here for the hoops, too. It's right. just that, like, that even though we would prefer to make that the story, it has so not been the story for the past, you know, two, three years, three well, years. It's, right? a, it's a, it's an adjunct story. And to be honest with you. I mean, I feel like we've hit on it on the hoops about as much as we possibly could, given the circumstances. Here's the deal. If people want to focus on that, they can, but that's not what I'm going to write about. Right. You know, and right. so I'm going to write about, you know, uh, sure. I will write about uh, when Ryan Saunders gets fired and Vanderpool gets, uh, you know, leapfrogged. I will talk about all of a sudden how the Bahamas and Kumbaya and family seems like so much bullshit. I will say that. And, well, I will and that's say because that ties that. into the hoops. You're writing about off court things like that actually matter, like actually right. matter to the product on the floor. I'm, I'm right. with that. Completely. And that's the thing. That's my lens. I mean, I, there was a lot of gossip that was flying around this summer and there was a lot of, uh, things that I heard from people, I mean, an incredible that, amount that struck me as factual, that sounded concerning. There goes the phone again. We'll just let it ride. <laughs> so anyway, it has not been. I can't been believe a you have a house ride. phone. Huh? I can't believe you have a house phone. <laughs> Yet another lesson in aging. Wait, uh, wait till uh, somebody says to you, you know, I can't believe you have a microchip in your pocket instead of like in your ear, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we make it there, if the Timberwolves make it there, anyway, anyway. continue. Phone's the done. game will be there. Hoops will be there. They have a good roster. Um, yes, this will impact some of that. And yes, you know, God love them. The John Krasinski's and Chris Hines and Jace Fredericks of the world, and probably even you, will chase, you know, some of the sordid details of this. And I'll, I'll read it and I'll absorb it. But at the end of the day, you know, Unless it has a negative impact on Cat, or unless you know something terrible happens, or suddenly Mark Laurie strangles Glenn Taylor, uh, I'm you know I, I'm, I, I'm not interested. I'm I'm not a beat writer. Uh, I, I'm not. I which which is why it was surprising to me how much of this stuff just showed up on my front porch this right, summer. Right. Right. And I mean, and and this that isn't even just Rosa specific ownership. No, I all know. this other but stuff. I mean, are, that, you, I'm talking. You, it's been unavoidable. 
It's a, believe me, it's avoidable. When I there was a period no, of time you, where a lot of this no, stuff showed not, up on my you, doorstep. <laughs> no, you just talked about you've heard things this summer as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And, you're and, right, you're right. And what you don't I'm even saying, have a though, microchip is, phone. You you do have uh, uh, you have a more active interest in it than I do, and that's a compliment. Yeah. That's not you know. I mean, oh, yeah. oh, I, I, I know I, I do. literally I, shut I'm myself down to that aspect. You know, I'm not ashamed of it at all. I think it's interesting because I find the roster construction part of the NBA fascinating, just like yes, I find the hoops fascinating. Yes, and, yep. and when you start hearing things about how the president of basketball operations is completely at odds with his entire front office and the the, the new ownership group, you go, what the hell is going to happen here? Right. Because it's going to change the roster construction. Right. It's going to change the way they build the team. Right. It's going to change everything. So right. like, yeah, I'm going to pay attention to it. Like I, I, I it's, it's it's not just news to everyone else. It's news to me. It completely right, right. Uh, people Terrible listening time. to this podcast. People listening to this podcast, I think, have been able to tell over the past four or five months that I have changed my tone on Gerson Rosas. Mm-hmm. I right. think you have, and yeah. that's because when you start getting information about things and hearing about what actually went down in the D'Angelo Russell trade. And how they paid a lot more than they planned on. And same with Malik Beasley and Wancho Horton Gomez and a whole bunch of other things that were weird. You go, wait, I've been here talking to Brit, talking to whoever on this podcast for two years, being like, trust the process. You know, like uh-huh. I, I, we've been, we've both been all about it, right? We've been like, yes, competent. And front I'm office. probably still more about it than you are. Well, I, and yeah, I, Yes, you are. You are. <laughs> but I it, it changed. It changed for me some. I was still like, I still wasn't like out on it, out on it, because, you know, I, I think Rosa's is a competent, you know. I think it's a fascinating team this year. Yeah. I would take the over on the wins. And I think if everything breaks right, I, I think even if everything doesn't break right, they're still in the play-in discussion, if that thing still exists. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, uh, I would take the odds of them going to the playoffs, which I imagine are larger odds than I need to bet right. that, you know? Right. Which because is cool. I think, which is you fun. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, Patrick Beverly, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Nas Reed. Nas Reed, go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean – there are ways, and, and guys, you know, you got eight guys. Torian Prince is your eighth man now, you know. Um, if not. you know, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, you know, and you've got it's, it's, and Chris Finch knows what he's doing. I mean, I mm-hmm. do know that. So, right. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be, it, it's, it's going to be fascinating. And, and, you know, the variables have now changed where, Things are things are going to be somewhat different, but I don't think I don't think people need to be like out on this team now, for you know for any reason. I think subsequent reporting is going to happen unless the coming stain is something hard. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I I think that is going to be a uh, you know it's going to be a, a hill to climb, but you know that's not on that's not on Timberwolves fans, <laughs> whatever. Like Timberwolves right. fans are fans of the 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 team. I think. I think for a long time, the diehard Timberwolves fans have stopped being a fan of the organization. Right. Right. 
because it's too much of this, you know, it's too much right. Glenn, you know, it's too much Glenn. And well, Glenn's got to be having the last laugh here. It's <laughs> having the last something. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, you know, he, Glenn, Glenn Taylor saying, all right, you know, try to figure out a way to blame me for this. <laughs> okay. I got you. I got you. But at the end of the day, from a fan perspective or from our perspective, once we get through that, whatever this bullshit's going to be like, it's going to be basketball and it's going to be the best. It's going to be the best basketball team I've ever covered here by a mile. Well, but I don't know. The 10th year with Jimmy was good. Yeah, but I wasn't, I was, uh, I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't doing it full time. Okay. That year. All right. If you want to accept yourself from that year, but I will say that was a pretty good team. That was, I don't think they'll be that good. I don't, I mean, they right. won, what, 48 games? I don't think they won yeah. 48 games. Right? And they could probably could have won like 51 if Butler had been healthy and a little bit saner. Right, right. So, I mean, in the midst of what what is kind of a messy, bad thing right now, like, like Put it this way, the long-term prospects for this roster are better than mm -hmm. what Tibbs had. True. Yeah, well, it's what me, you, and John said when we, we talked in Vegas. Like, when you look, yeah, when you look at this team and, the, you know, the, the timelines thing, they're both nice. They're right. both, they both have favorable outcomes that are that are plausible by the um, way i'll put in a plug here uh, i think that john kaczynski is the guy to read in the next 24 hours i've been texting him i think you got something i think people people got something coming and you know he's there's nobody better at this um in terms of mm -hmm. uh pawing through the remains and identifying where the remains came from um that's a John Krasinski uh, forte. Hundred percent. It's a. It's well for for many reasons. You know, people are you know lucky. Timberwolves fans are lucky to have John on the beat. But uh, this is going to be a story I uh, don't envy having to cover. And John John will kill it. Um, and you know, and and as will Chris and Jace. You know, they'll they'll be all over it as well. And you know, we'll figure it out. And on Monday, we'll do a media day and. <laughs> you know, the, the soap opera will continue and, and, you know, and maybe there'll be, you know, maybe there'll be some basketball eventually. I'm sure there will be. All right, Brett. Um, I think that's enough for us today. We'll do, I'm sure we'll sit down and do actual basketball season preview here in a little bit. I appreciate you coming on and doing this. Like, hey, my on, pleasure. On no time. And just for the listeners, like we, we literally started recording this, like, I don't know, maybe an hour after the news broke. So. Um, yeah, once we got the computer figured out, what have yeah. been sooner? I, I am sitting here now realizing you haven't been wearing headphones the whole time. So I'm wondering if your audio has been echoey the whole time. But you know what? Hasn't we'll, been echoey for me. Okay. You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, and, and we'll do we'll do another pot. I mean, maybe maybe next week uh, as once once media day happens on Monday and, and training camp starts starts on Tuesday. He's Britt Robson um, working on a story that. <laughs> Is will not Maybe publish it for soon. a while, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, obviously, follow... it has to do with basketball. <laughs> follow everything up. Brit's writing at the Athletic, and as as he plugged John Krasinski, I'm sure he might have two stories up by the time that this is in your ear bells. Um, so so yeah, let's just let's just keep going. Uh, as a group following this team, uh, you know, life, life goes on. It's, it's, they're the Timberwolves, man. It's, it's, this, is, this is part of the game. He's Britt Robson. I'm Dane Moore at Dane Moore MK. I'll talk to you, uh, I'll talk to you in the coming days. Until then, peace.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.